So this morning on NPR Radio, that's National Public Radio, they were talking about special education. But then, you know, the day before, there was a broadcast about, um, let's see, thick school discipline. And in California, the Black Parallel School Board partnered with another agency, a couple agencies, actually. And they're looking into the willful defiances and they're looking into how many children are being forced out of public schools. But what we have to realize as American citizens is that we pay for the public school system. We pay dearly. We all pay taxes, just not some people. And it's not property taxes that public schools are operating on. Although some very fine property taxes are being paid in certain parts of the country, but not all parts of the country. I mean, it's just America, right? So we have to understand that we're working with smart people and people who have figured out ways to manipulate and maneuver, and it's called surplanting the dollars that we all play. We all pay these monies so that all children have access. But for whatever reason, poor kids... Children in poverty, children who are not as socioeconomically, you know, advantaged, you know, they're not suffering from affluenza. You know what I'm saying? Because this is America, right? We're only talking about America. But today, you know, the NAACP had a very lively celebration because, you know, I believe that upper echelon is all with the money, but not with the people. Because there are far too many people that are struggling here in the state of Nevada to have such a fine event with all the people with money that showed up, but all the people with nothing. Well, maybe they'll come tomorrow and celebrate the Juneteenth. But the reality is their future is bleak. As we looked and we understand there is no catch up in public education. No, there are just children who are really left behind because there is no getting them caught up. So the offer is going to be what? I would like to know because we can't see the data and these folks don't produce any data. I mean, this is not something that they do. And I knew as a chairperson who formerly served, I mean, you go and check my little certificates. They're on my Facebook I served as a chair of the District Advisory Committee for Title I Compensatory Services. I've served on the Head Start Policy Council for for Head Start, you know, the PACT. I served on the local, you know, little boards, and I served in in the high schools as my chairs of the school site council. I mean, you know, but I served in California, and here I can't even figure out how to get on a committee because the door is not open. And why would it be open when they're stealing like they're stealing? Because, you know, they don't let you in. And you're very fine with it because you put people in office who don't use America. I mean, use America to gather information to ensure that they're doing the best that they can do in representing you as an individual. No, they're just agreeing with things And they don't use the, I mean, you know, they're not using, I mean, come on now. Why ask for an air quality control, you know, assessment 
about where they put these schools. And you know that there's high pollutants in the area because certain manufacturing companies have started their work again. But then, you know, you ask the school district and they tell you they don't know. Really? Huh. They don't know. Okay. I mean, they play you like that. But playing me like that? Mm Mm-mm. Because I understand the state of California has a whole structure that deals with air quality control and building maintenance and, you know, everything that has to do with the federal dollars, the state is involved too. And the county and the city. I mean, you know, it's everyone's money. So, you know, they kind of help. But what is it that you do here in the state of Nevada as we're still trying to figure it out? I'm just trying to understand. And I really need to understand. As we're living in 2021, and I'm a citizen in the United States of America, my ex-husband, who is now deceased, served in the military. My father, my stepfather, who is now deceased, served in the Air Force also. So, you know, in, in, in light of everything... Truly, I've done some service. But the reality is here is that people don't talk to you. And when you know what you know, they don't share what they know because they don't know a whole lot. Because if they knew anything, we wouldn't be suffering in the conditions that we're suffering. As people have used resources inappropriately over the time, that has really affected the people. How do you get 15,000 youth through the harbor? And where's the data that demonstrated that you even attempted to provide any services to them? I mean, because you don't have any data. I mean, it's the law that a manifestation hearing happened prior to a movement of a child. I mean, but when you only use one teacher and one principal... I mean, this is the rules you made up, irregardless of they're violating the students' rights. And I could look over and see over there in D.C. and files that, hey, you guys don't mind violating human rights. And I know you don't because you thought that you could eliminate me from having a conversation when you can't. Because ultimately, I can still stream because I pay for it. And that's life. So, the word is e-purpose, you know. Out of many, there's one. But out of one, there's absolutely none. And you see, I don't know who in America. I mean, you know, this is 2021. Maybe we just need to wake up. And maybe this is just a nightmare. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's just real reality. And this is the Wild Wild West. Now, I thought I was far as west as I could get living in California, considering I was born from Mississippi. I mean, considering. But understanding just who I am, you probably need to understand too. I am an American and nothing more. So, when y'all wake up in the morning, understand, I'll still be here. Have a great evening. 
More than 7 million school children receive special education services nationwide. At least they did before the pandemic. The services covered things like speech, occupational and physical therapy, and behavioral counseling. But when schools closed in the spring of 2020, many of these vital services stopped. And more than a year later, in some places, they still haven't fully restarted. Now many parents, caregivers, and attorneys are starting to ask schools, what are you going to do to make up for all that these children have lost? NPR's Corey Turner and freelance reporter Rebecca Klein have that story. We spoke with parents and caregivers all over the country, from a mother who works nights as a jail nurse on Rikers Island to a Navajo rancher raising his grandson in New Mexico. And they all told similar stories about caring for children who went months, and in some cases more than a year, without the special education services they need to learn. As a result, doing school remotely wasn't just hard, they say. It was impossible. In general, it's probably a three-minute attention span. I got to be constantly on him. Reynardo, please listen to the teacher. Reynardo. He actually would start hiding under tables and get physically aggressive at times. He would put me in like a headlock and grab me by my hair. We would maybe make it through the first two classes and then the meltdowns would start. One time she broke the computer. You know, this is like every day. And I couldn't get the teachers to focus on her. It was and all I told the teams that I feel like He's being left behind. It's just not in him to be on the computer. It was just infuriating. So frustrated. It takes him so much more work to make every little accomplishment. That was the last time that I tried to force him to do school. I'm sorry. I just want our kids to be valued as much as others. They have potential too. That was Crystal Bell and Myra Irizarry in New York. Kate McLaughlin in Michigan, Carolyn Schaffner in Tennessee. Timothy Largo in New Mexico, and in Maryland, Rachel Berg in Kimberly, a mom who asked that we only use her first name to protect her son's privacy. These families say without the usual access to special educators, counselors, therapists, and aides, their children lost academic, social, and even physical skills. To be clear, though, they don't blame teachers. Instead, Schaffner, a mother in Nashville, and most of the parents we talk to say they blame a larger education bureaucracy. There's something about the institution that creates the havoc that makes it unfair. In legal complaints across the country, families say districts now need to make up for the special education services children missed during the pandemic. Their arguments hinge on a federal law known as IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. It says children with disabilities are legally entitled to a public education that is two things, free and appropriate. Appropriate means if a child needs specific help to learn, then schools have to provide it. Since many districts did not during the pandemic, some families are now arguing, You're violating my child's rights. Leslie Seidmargolis is a managing attorney at Disability Rights Maryland. Do you get to violate them until a parent shows up and says, wait a minute, you can't do this anymore? I mean, that's not the way this is supposed to work. Margolis has filed a complaint in Maryland saying students who did not get an appropriate education during the pandemic are now entitled to something called compensatory services to get them where they should be. Those two words, compensatory services don't sit well with attorneys who advise school districts because providing them can be expensive and a logistical challenge. But mostly, they say, because the words suggest that schools did something wrong during the pandemic or worse, that they acted in bad faith. 
it's hard to say that that was the fault of the school or, or anyone. It was an act of God. It was a pandemic. Attorney Andrew Manna advises districts and says it's important to remember, for months, special educators weren't allowed to work in person for valid safety concerns. Remote learning was also new. It was an experiment, and many services like physical and occupational therapy just couldn't be done well remotely. And still, lots of schools tried. So Manna argues they should be held to a more realistic standard. During the shutdown, did they... And are they now making a good faith effort to serve students with disabilities? And it's not just MANA. We also spoke with Jim Keith of the Council of School Attorneys for the National School Board Association. Listen to how many times they both circled back to those three words. If there is a good faith effort and it was no fault of the school, how do we help those students that did lose the instructional time? It was a good faith effort to contact those parents. Good faith. A good faith effort. Good faith effort. A good faith effort. A good faith effort. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith effort. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith. Good faith effort. During an unprecedented disaster, they say intent matters. Not just whether schools provided all special education services. Keith says even now, there are huge challenges to offering the makeup services that kids need. All of my clients are scrambling to find additional personnel to work during the summertime to provide a lot of these services that have been missed up to this point. But all of this worries disability advocates who say if schools are judged by intent and not results, lots of students with disabilities will lose. Even before the pandemic, they say, some districts just didn't prioritize special education. Therese Yenin heads the Native American Disability Law Center in New Mexico. She remembers many years ago being on the phone with a school attorney trying to get the district to pay for a child's special education services. And I said to him, you know, this student needs these services. And he said to me, Therese, if the school provides this student with these services, the football team won't get new uniforms this year. And I responded saying, do you know how much I don't really care about the football uniforms? And so this special education fight boils down to trust, with schools insisting they did the best they could under clearly difficult circumstances and pledging to families that they will provide some makeup services in good faith. While advocates push back, saying it's been 15 months and many children are still waiting for the help they're legally entitled to. And in the middle are families frustrated and confused, certain of nothing, but that they want the best for their kids. For NPR News, I'm Rebecca Klein. And I'm Corey Turner. So, good day. It is June what? Doesn't really matter. As we have not had the conversation, and it has to be a conversation about public education in the nation and American citizens as African American citizens, just where are we? As the mandatory compulsory educational system does exist, so does failure. As we need to question why the mandatory 12 years of public education when it only leads to social promotion. We're paying people. And that we are. We're paying so many people federal dollars because the federal government ensures access for the American folk. 
But if the American folk, which should be overseeing the outcomes of the maintenance of effort, and maintenance of effort means absolutely nothing to you, then get a clue. You're one of the major reasons why we are not making it in America. As American citizens, nothing in America is free. So my encouragement for you today is understanding the word e pluribus unum. Out of many, there's one, but out of one, there is none. So who will you be in 2021? Going to keep on asking that question until we get a response. Y'all have a great day now.